where we discuss and create a space to heal from religious trauma. Hey friends, welcome to Short Skirts and a Long Scripture. Yeah, that's what our podcast is called. That's right. I'm Cass. How you doing today? I'm Hannah. I'm doing great. Is that good enough for you? It's our best just intro yet. What are we talking about today, Cass? <laughs> Nailed it! <laughs> uh, today, uh, we are going to be talking about mission trips and different outreach programs um, that we took part in. Okay, mission trips. That sounds like something that Christians should do. Yeah, you know, in the Bible it tells us that we should be going out and making disciples, so that's yeah. what we did a lot of growing up, because... That was a way to keep us busy so we wouldn't stumble into sin, I suppose, is what they were thinking. That's fair. We did have very busy schedules as preteens and teenagers involving ourselves mm-hmm. in every possible opportunity through the youth group in all kinds of outreach and ministry and missional opportunities. Which, yeah. like you said, scripture <clears throat> talks about this is a good thing. Christians should be involved in missions. Meaning you should be yeah. going out and telling people about the story of Jesus and things in the Bible and how to interact with God. Like, that's not a problem. When did it go from being this is something that Christians should do to being something that was not necessarily good? The whole baseline of doing missions is good. Any Christian can probably attest to that. You're going out and doing good works. You're, you know, showing the love of God to people through you the baseline is great we were taught through this youth program that you are saved through faith this is a scriptural point of reference in the bible Mm -hmm. it talks about how in order to have a relationship with jesus you need to have faith and you need to put your trust in god and then it also talks about Right. You need to go out into the world and do things that further the kingdom of God, to use Christianese phrase. At what point would we say this youth group crossed the line from we're following biblical standards and biblical ideas into something that was not biblical? They started giving us all of these different phrasings, kind of of the same idea where basically pitch it to us as oh, great, you're going out and doing all these good things. You're going on missions. You're doing outreach. You know, great job, wonderful. To one thing that they really seemed to hound on was that's great and all, but, you know, when you get to heaven, there's going to be rewards, and your rewards are going to be based on how many people you saved on earth. So instead of focusing on being a good Christian, following what God teaches us to do in the Bible, biblically, you know, biblical teaching, all of that, it was, you need to save more people because you want a bigger reward in heaven. I'm like, when did, when did this come into play? Aren't we just supposed to be being good people and going out into the world and showing the love of God? Instead of trying to make this an episode of The Price is Right, where you're trying to bid the highest and get the highest amount of people so that in the end, you can have the biggest payout. Sounds a little culty to me. (laughs) (laughs) That does sound slightly concerning. No, I'm with you. Definitely want to be clear. 
this youth group, the original intent from my experience was that we want to raise the kids in the youth group to be confident and gung-ho about telling people about God. And there was such a heavy emphasis on evangelism, which is not bad. Yes, if you're a Christian, you should be able to tell people about Jesus. Where Mm -hmm. it became a problem, at least for me, is that this emphasis on evangelism was so strong, it created a group of young people that couldn't have a conversation with each other about anything other than God. Which, if you're coming from a Christian Mm -hmm. perspective, might sound like a good thing, Like, God should be in every aspect of our life. Yeah, that's fine. Right. But it made it so that we weren't able to interact with anyone outside of that. And the only thing on our mind was, I'm a Christian, and they're not a Christian. So I need to get them to my level. Right. Well, and I feel like that also made you really judgmental going out and, like, doing outreach. Because you came from this group already that made you already seem like you were better than everyone else. Because of, oh, I believe in God. And, you know, I'm saved. And all this other stuff. So you already went out with this kind of big head evangelizing as a 14-year-old kid. Thinking yeah. you were better than everyone else. When you hadn't had shit for experience first of all in life sheltered as hell you're already going out arrogant trying to share god which first of all stop right there while you're ahead because it's the wrong way to go about this yeah you should not be going in with an air of arrogance thinking that you know better and i have all the answers and you need to come talk to me because you're messing up your life because that's essentially what the message was that we were going out was Saying it nicer in more Christianese terms. You're really messing up your life and look at me, I'm perfect. And you want what I have, so listen to my voice. That's literally what we were taught. That's how we were trained to go out from youth group and from the church that we were part of. And we were teenagers. We were between the ages of 12 and 12. Yeah. That's not healthy. You can't have a normal conversation because the only thing that you could talk about when you went to youth group was, how has God been working in your life? Not an evil question. And the conversation would just be like, what's God doing in your life? Oh, I don't know. This is happening. What's God doing in your life? Oh, this thing. Mm -hmm. We obviously don't have hobbies outside of God, so we can't really talk about that. We don't have any experiences outside of our interaction with this group, because these are the only people Mm -hmm. we can hang out with, so we can't talk about that. Right. So where else does the conversation go? So I just want to add on to that, too, speaking on the kids in this group doing that whole thing. And so we would sit in small groups after youth group. The youth leaders were usually a little bit older than us, not usually by much though. And that's one of the questions they would probably ask every week. Where have you seen God this week? Or what has he done for you this week? And I don't know if you've gone and asked an adult, let alone a 13, 14, 15 year old kid, where do you see God this week? Most of them are gonna go, I don't fucking know. Let me think on it for a week and I'll get back to you. I don't, I mean, I still have a hard time answering that question, first of all. Second of all, um, that gave the kids who were older than us too, who had been it a little bit longer than we had, power, I suppose. They thought that they were spiritually more mature than we were. And they would use that against the younger kids, saying that you can't do that yet. 
because you're not spiritually mature enough to be able to X, Y, and Z. I feel that that also made people kind of holier than thou. That is a really key phrase, I think. I remember specific teachings from this youth group. Um, one in particular really stands out to me. After you have accepted Jesus into your life and you have ask for forgiveness from your sins and God has made you clean mm -hmm. and pure and holy. That's a fine yeah. thing. But they took that right. and went a step further to because you are now perfect and holy, pure. Mm -hmm. And it was put in the frame of this should make you confident. But what it did is make us go, I'm better than everyone else. And yeah. pity people that didn't have this. Not in a sense out of love right. that, well, I wish they could have what I had, but out of the sense of I'm better than those people. Mm -hmm. Personally, I enjoyed participating in outreach things because I thought I was better than everyone because I knew this about myself. Right. When I work in an outreach program, I am doing God's work and I am going to get rewarded. And it was all about me. It had nothing to mm -hmm. do with God at that point. And we had so yeah. many opportunities. Let's talk about some of the opportunities for outreach and missions oh. that we had in our group. So many, so many opportunities. Um, we had uh, one that I think you and I participated in the most was an outreach program that we would travel around to different lower income apartment complexes around our area. Basically, we would go door to door, knock on people's doors, being like, hey, we're having this thing over here in the park or next to the clubhouse or whatever. If you have kids that want to come, we're going to have snacks and games and we're going to tell Bible stories and we're going to, you know, feed them a snack and ship them on home after an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. to you. The thing about that, it wasn't all bad because the base of it was good. Exactly. It was getting us to do something. It was getting us out into the world. Feel like we were kind of naive going around some of these places, to be honest with you. It was a little dangerous. And we would do our outreach and then send everybody home. But what do you remember about that program that, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Okay. First of all, I thought it was a phenomenal idea to convert a mm -hmm. giant bus into like a mobile cl clubhouse. And we would go around to these places that fun. you mentioned. Super cool. Yeah. As a young kid of like 13, 14 years old, I was mm -hmm. like... I want to go to this club. Like, this is the coolest thing ever. The staff that ran the club were us. Yeah. Like, children. We were it. <laughs> we were 13, 14-year-old kids wrangling other children who were, like, our siblings' age and yeah. telling them Bible stories and feeding them snacks. <laughs> I have some great memories of creating lesson plans and doing object lessons, and the creativity mm -hmm. was incredible of the people that we worked with. Our ability to just pull a story out of our ass and ablib act was like Saturday Night Live top he was amazing gold friends. Like, you cannot get any better than this. And to this day, I can still do that shit. Like, just pull it out of my ass and here you go. That was probably the good. It taught me responsibility because I had to have a schedule. It taught me mm -hmm. 
more confidence because again as i've said before i was very shy and afraid to do anything and i love being able to see you at that point branch out with that too because knowing you were so shy and then you would like jump up there and teach an object lesson i'm like this is like night and day (laughs) i learned a lot i grew a lot as a person in maturity in my christian faith the bad part that i would say where it crossed a line Mm -hmm. from being a wonderful experience to being problematic came from because i was a leader and i was so young and I was constantly being told at youth group and at church that I was better than everyone. I felt like I was God to these kids. That is not how Jesus went out into the world and talked to and about and for children. Jesus literally was God, but his humbleness stands out to me. And in this ministry opportunity that I was given, I don't know how it was for any of the other staff, the other kids that were staff, Mm -hmm. but it made me have myself on such a high pedestal being like, I am part of the Bible teaching club. I am one of the top tier of this youth group because I am saving the lives of children. And I know it didn't have to be that way. But one of the reasons that it was that way for me is because I was constantly being told, you're actually better than everyone. I wasn't being told I was hot shit all the time. I was being told I had issues that needed to be fixed by other people. I loved this outreach program. I did it for so long, literally until they told me, you're not welcome back here anymore. Oh my gosh. Is when that stopped for me. Um, I loved it. I loved being there. I love playing with the kids and doing outreach. I work in a school district now with little, little, little kids. I love kids. The outreach program I thought was super fun. We got to do really fun stuff. I love the teaching aspect. I learned a lot doing that. And it was all hunky-dory and good and great until some other people decided to run the clubs. And mm. um, unfortunately, this person ran my entire life for a little bit and told me what I could and could not do, which was not healthy and was not their place. I went one day from teaching Bible stories, doing object lessons, basically running the entire club and being part of the entire mechanics and background workings of it, to being told that you aren't allowed to teach anymore because you don't believe what you're telling them from somebody a little bit older than me, higher up. And I was a little taken back because really I was thinking, who are you to tell me what I believe? Like how how do you get to sit there and dictate what I can do based on what you think I believe because you don't know what I believe. That is quite a judgmental assumption. Anything about me or, you know, anything. And so kind of got a bad taste in my mouth for it at that Mm -hmm. point, which hurt a lot because I loved what I was doing so much. I was doing like two clubs a week at that point and being told you're not allowed to teach anymore, but you can come and join and sit with the kids. I'm like, but that's not what I, I have built from the ground up my reputation for doing this of, yes, I started sitting with the kids and doing snacks and doing songs and then doing games and then, you know, building up to now I teach the main Bible lesson at both clubs and on Sunday school on Sundays. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's kind of where my experience with this club ended because somebody decided they were going to talk for me and tell me what I tell me what I know or what they think I knew. So I didn't get to do anything else after that. 
which I mean, that's kind of how religious cults are ran is the people that are in charge and in power, their offspring, I shall say, their children Mm -hmm. also have that power. So if their children say something, it's probably legit in the sense that if their kids have an opinion, it's taken into account. Versus if you're mm-hmm. not in a leadership position, maybe your family isn't higher up in the hierarchy, which again, there should not be a hierarchy in a youth no. group. <laughs> no, there should not be. Let's talk about a couple of the other missional opportunities that we had to do. Oh, okay. I just used the word had because I'm thinking specifically of one that we participated in. I went several years, something that our youth group did every year. They had a faux military esque physically like a military boot camp 5 a.m waking up to sirens and then you go and run an obstacle course and then you um do push-ups for a few hours and then you go to the mess hall and like everything is named with military terminology we had that whole military interestingness like everybody was in squadrons and we use military time and we use military alphabet we i don't know 15. why this was so intense <laughs> I think it was a little overkill, to be honest. It was. And then the second component of this program was... So the military aspect was one week, and then the outreach was one week, and that was after the military side of it. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so the first week was military training, basically. You'd be woken up at the ass crack of dawn in the middle of the night to play games or told to get in formation and you had to have your dog tags or else you're going to be punished you uh-huh. had pt in the morning and the girls had different pt than the guys because the girls had to wear skirts yes no pants were allowed also other side know. note in yes. this club that we had to do with this renovated bus um we also only had to wear skirts to that it was That's required true. that you it was only a dress code thing skirts. It was it was the dress code. Anyway, back to military boot camp. Yes. Um, it's a faux military <laughs> boot camp. Not sponsored by the actual military. military boot camp. Not related to no. the actual military in any form. Okay, continue. Did they borrow a bunch of my dad's shit from the military because he was in? Absolutely. Was it actually military-oriented? Not in the slightest. They would usually get one of their buddies or an uncle to come mm-hmm. and basically be the drill sergeant for the week and so he'd yell at us for a week what he thought was you know really harsh and i'm like you're weak my dad's the first sergeant fuck off um (laughs) so i didn't have a problem with it hana probably didn't have a problem with it either aside from being traumatized that i was being yelled at in the face by a drill sergeant and i was like i am not in the military because i couldn't handle it why do i have to handle this They were making us run a mile or two, yeah. and let me tell you, most of us bitches no. didn't run, so we were no. dying constantly. Yeah. <laughs> we're being, you know, trampled over in the brush in the middle of the night because we had to play some dumbass game. The hike was fun <laughs> at the true, end of the true. week. So in between all of these military tactic bullshit things that we had to do during the first week we would also be having all of these different classes about outreach how it works Mm -hmm. here's how you build a bible story here's how you make it fun here's how we don't have dead time during the set or the hour and a half that we have these kids to you know spread the gospel Mm -hmm. to or whatever oh that was fine and dandy i thought that was fun 
I learned a lot that way. I learned a lot about taking notes, time management, yeah. how to build off of a Bible story and make it actually something that you want to sit there and watch. All that was really good stuff. But this whole militaristic thing, I didn't know if that was really necessary. We were called for really? chow. It was really? weird. Yeah. So we probably both did it around the same amount of times. You just mm -hmm. had a few years before I did and I had a few years mm -hmm. after you had left. Mm -hmm. The people later on who were helping run it were our friends who were a couple mm -hmm. years older than us, which became problematic later because it's really hard to show militaristic respect like they wanted to your friends who are two years older than you. That doesn't work out really well. It got a little bit better each and every year. The next year we were able to wear pants during boot camp week, which each week, each year, the boot camp thing got a little bit more lax until they were like, yeah, you know what? We're kind of done with this. We don't really need it. We were able to wear pants during the first week, but we still had to wear Excellent. skirts during outreach yep. because, you know, we have to portray the perfect godly womanly yep. image of yep. we wear skirts for the image of Jesus. What was your outlook on all of this? <laughs> I have so much. <laughs> There's so much. First of all, I think that the reason that they had the military theme was because of this passage of scripture that talks about the armor of God, where it gives pieces of armor kind of like personified in an attribute or a virtue of mm -hmm. like peace is one of them and truth is one of them. And it just like personified pieces of armor, which... Let's be clear. This was for a specific group of people in ancient Rome because they would understand mm -hmm. pieces of armor and they would understand exactly. the metaphorical connection between the virtues and the armor. Other than Bunch that, of white kids from the suburbs aren't going to really understand this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't understand why it had to be military themed other than that is me just grasping at trying to remember why was it so intense. I remember a verse that they specifically would give every year because they would hound on it of us being in the army of God. So that idea, they took that idea and wrapped it around the entire first week of this program of you are the army of God and you need to act as such because you're going to have spiritual warfare and you need to be prepared. Mm -hmm. Basically scaring these kids into thinking they're going to experience things that they probably never saw. So you need to have a military mindset in it. I was just going to say... I think that was a little too far. How intense it mm -hmm. was with the military aspect. Were um, you traumatized? Oh, dude. It was a very traumatizing experience every time I went through it. I don't know why I kept saying yes to go back and do it again. I think I it was just because I, I felt like I was supposed to. During the times in between the military stuff where we were supposed to be learning about how to share the gospel, like you said, we had mandatory, I'm going to use the word mandatory to express that I don't think it was done well. We had mandatory self-reflective devotional times. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you were just supposed to go sit with your Bible and listen for God, which I understand the premise is okay. Yes, we want to train kids to listen to God because we're Christians. Mm -hmm. We want to have a dialogue. Right. We would come back and we'd be like, what did God teach you in your devotional time? And the older kids would always be like, right. oh, God spoke to me. The wind blew my Bible to this page. And wow, it really spoke to me. And I wasn't getting anything. I don't know if I ever got something mm -hmm. out of it. 
So it made me feel like, well, I guess God just isn't talking to me. I remember playing with sticks a lot during those moments. <laughs> Never gave me this emotional high that I think they wanted us to have. I don't know. I have an opinion that I think God can speak to people naturally and organically through however he chooses. So to like mm -hmm. kind of, it's almost like forcing him to talk to you for a minute. Well, they were also forcing the idea that God is going to speak to you outright. Like you are going to hear yeah. his voice. And if you don't, you're doing something wrong. You've sinned in some way. You need to ask for forgiveness or something like that because they they were hounding on the fact that you're gonna hear his voice i'm like yeah bitch i ain't hearing shit yeah I hear the wind i hear the birds i'm having a great time sitting under a tree here spending time in nature but i'm not mm -hmm. getting what you're telling me so that is one of the aspects where i would say it was problematic and where it goes from being <clears throat> a good idea to teach your kids how to interact with God and how to prepare to tell the gospel and share Jesus with kids. It mm -hmm. moved into the idea again of why it would be considered cultish is controlling every aspect of how you dress and how you talk and what you can and can't do. I'm Nowhere in scripture to... does Jesus say like you should teach your mm -hmm. kids the gospel in the setting of the military specifically the u.s military like this is not a biblical concept <laughs> so i have some no problems it with wasn't that. you remember we also had tents that we had to sleep in that were separated by guys and girls and we all had separate yep. basically separate everything's like things we yep. were very careful that we didn't interact too much i feel yep. which was weird that was problematic too because again the extreme was separation of everybody Nobody wanted to talk to each other. We were afraid to play games too close together. So there was a lot of separated events that happened because of that. And I the segregation was just unreal. The segregation of sexes is definitely like a normal thing within youth groups and Christian organizations yeah. and things like this. But the level that it was taken to to create and instill like fear of interacting with boys yeah. if you were a girl... That's not okay. Right. Well, it got to the point, too, where I remember that one year they felt that one of the guys that was in this program with us was talking to the girls too much. Yeah. They thought that he was flirting when really that was just his fucking personality, I'm fairly certain. But he was asked to leave for that. But they were so set on the, this is the military, we're not thinking about any of that. You can only think about God. Go listen to the trees. Read your Bible. They, they just had it so legalized and rigid and rule bound by all of these different ideas um because we were supposed to be only thinking about saving people at this point that's it yeah that was our only thought okay first of all having standards is okay the reason it's problematic in this cult when we think about it if you didn't meet the standard it wasn't like oh well i'm sorry you need to get to the standard it was like we shun you because you're not good as us that's problematic right one of their taglines one year was nothing less than excellence and literally they pounded that into your brain it was awful it was miserable they didn't let you sleep they didn't let you eat without thinking about god they like you couldn't have a normal thought <laughs> in scripture we have one example of where that worked out and it's with daniel and we're told that daniel prayed to god like hundreds of times a day yeah every christian is not gonna be like daniel 
could you aspire to interact with God more on a daily basis as a Christian? Of course. But you have to be perfect right. because you are perfect. So, yes. And I think it was they said that God expects the highest standard from you because of who you are. And yep. so, of course, you know, those of the friends that were already like, I'm better than everyone else. We're like, I'm already there. <laughs> exactly. And those of us that we're still struggling with shit or just didn't really give a shit about being that beautiful gold standard that they were kind of got shit on that's problematic for people that profess to love god and love other people that's definitely an issue thanks for listening that was the end of part one we do have a second part to this episode you're interested in finishing listening to the rest of what we have to say about outreach and evangelism on this episode go find part two out now Thank you.